This is Limitless Possibility. I'm Luc Olivier Dumablet. And I'm Yannick Wenger. And I won't ask you what is our topic tonight because this topic has been teased for the last two episodes. Tonight, Yannick will be talking about Yuri on Ice. Well, you will be talking about it too. But sure. Yes. That's true. But so I hope you've done your homework, everybody. Oh, I didn't mind. The, I last, didn't mind few as well. night, the last few nights were pretty full of Yuri on Ice, so that was nice. But I think before we start, both of us have some follow-up. So let's get started. Right. So uh, on episode 45, we talked about the division and we've been bringing it back up uh, every now and then. And this week, there was a big announcement regarding year two of the division, which is to say that all of the content for year two of the division will be free. Oh, nice. Yep. Didn't saw uh, that. What Ubisoft realized is that it really sucks when a multiplayer community is fragmented by people who do or or don't own certain content, and they are now moving forward and saying there's no more season pass, no more paid expansions, it's all going to be free, and we're going to monetize through microtransactions for cosmetic items. So if you want to customize your appearance beyond a certain degree, you now have to pay real money for clothing in the game, but otherwise, all the content is going to be free for year two. Uh, next up is for episode 47 on Pokemon Go. Um, so there has been some other news about Pokemon Go uh, this week with regards to a roadmap for future items. Um, but I didn't manage to find the link in time for the show, so I'll try to put that in the show notes uh, if I find it. But what I did want to talk about is something that came in the December, two, uh, December 2016 issue of the Journal of Medical Internet Research. Uh, there's a super interesting paper from Stanford and Microsoft Research that tries to determine the real-world impact of Pokemon Go on the health of U.S. citizens. Ooh. And their, their big conclusion was that the United States' life expectancy was increased by 2.8 million years thanks to Pokemon Go. <laughs> wow, okay. So it's like globally, like uh, collectively in the U.S., like people yeah, 2.8 watch, million man wow. years. Hmm. Yep. Uh, That's interesting. Now, it, it's kind of funny just reading the study because all of this data was obtained by correlating data from Bing and Microsoft Band users, which I don't think are very representative of Pokemon Go users in general. But okay, uh, I'll, I'll trust you. Band, wow, okay. I thought, I the, thought they discontinued that. I think they did. Maybe the two people <laughs> owning them just like walk so much that they are not uh, like helping the general U.S. population to be more healthy or something like that. Well, if 1.4 million years from now we hear about a 1.4 year old, uh, 1.4 million year old person who died, well, we'll know who those users of the Microsoft bands were. Um, so that's all I have for follow up this week. Maybe, maybe what we didn't know about the Microsoft band is it makes you like invincible and makes you stay alive forever. Maybe Bill Gates should get on that and uh, send a bunch to Africa where he has been sending a bunch of money. Maybe if the Microsoft band saves lives, he should send a bunch of Microsoft bands. Oh, wow. Okay. To stay on the topic of video games, uh, Sony announced that in four months, they were able to, about, they were able to sold nearly a million PlayStation VR units, which, uh, they are, according to them, quote unquote, very happy about. Uh, so I'll post a, show note, uh, post a link in the show notes regarding that. Uh, it's a link from Polygon. But it's super interesting that uh, Sony is kind of impressed and a bit uh, surprised by the success that uh, PlayStation VR is. And in comparison, if you look at the other headsets that are out there, I think to total they sold 600,000 uh, if you combine Vive and Oculus. So they've sold like 400,000 more than Vive and Oculus combined, which is pretty amazing. And on top of that... Um, 
I think only a hundred thousand of them were sold in Japan. And I know that when I was in Japan, it was sort of like the Wii launch. They were doing lotteries every time they had a restock to randomly give away, uh, well, not give away, but give away the right to buy a PlayStation VR to oh, people it's like in electronic to, stores. It's like going to WWDC then. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so like, the majority of that audience is in the West, which I found interesting. And I'm not sure if they're just deprioritizing Japan because PS4 sales are not very high in Japan. So they're saying, well, since there's not that big of an install base, we don't need to have as much inventory there, which sort of makes sense, except people who are interested in buying PS4s and PSVR together currently can't because they have to get lucky every time there's a restock at their electronic store and show up very early in the morning. <laughs> Good, but it's super interesting that most, like, it's what, like, nearly 90% of the units were sold either in North America and and or Europe. That's yep. quite telling. Um, To go on a t completely different topic, do you remember what was the title of episode 38 without looking at our website? Uh, Maybe if I knew what the content of episode 38 was i could but okay uh, i'll give you one small clue it was you talking about something you never talk about oh everybody wants a fucking imbrezza yes <laughs> wow so it was uh, to, uh, earlier this week i was scrolling to my uh, instagram account feed and one of my favorite a uh, youtube channel everyday diver posted a nice picture of a parking lot in utah where they are located which was filled with Empre uh, with Impreza, whether they were WRX or SDI models, and I think the caption is like "Everybody loves Impreza," and it <laughs> made me so much laugh because they said that it is the official car of Utah, like we said it wow. is the official car of Quebec. And last week, my grandma uh, was buying a new car, and I was trying to push her very heavily to buy an Impreza. Unfortunately, she did not. She did buy what exactly? Kia something. I forget what. It's not a forte like we have. It's something else. Oh, interesting. And last but not least, uh, I did the Yannick of myself last episode. Something fall off of my desk and I fixed the situation for this uh, week. So it should not happen. <laughs> did you fix your bench? Uh, I am not on the bench. The bench is upstairs being used to hold a bunch of game controllers in my room. Good. So now that I made sure that you're sitting well, let's get started to you, Yon Ice. Cool. So uh, before we get into the actual topic, I want to talk about how this episode sort of came to be. Uh, during our hiatus, Yukarivi had some time to go listen to, through some of our older episodes. And I think he made some comment with regards to episode 45 about The Division, where he said, like, it's really fun when we talk about media because it's different from our usual episodes and it adds a little bit of spiciness. And on top of that, like, the preparation feels less like work and feels more fun. And I certainly agree with that. Oh, yes, so we're this uh, reminds me less of school because sometimes it does feel like homework. So I was trying to find something to spark off uh, this preparation work we have to do for uh, this show. And funnily enough, I, I think it was more time consuming than a usual episode for me just because I had to watch the show again. But that's true. That's true. It, uh, the show, it takes like it's 12 episodes of like 25 minutes each. So it's uh, nearly six hours. But yeah, okay. that's six hours I didn't spend working on Wonderswan videos. But anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're going to try to add more of those media focused episodes from time to time to spice things up in 2017. With that said, let's move on to 
Yuri on Ice. So 2016 spawned two big anime phenomena in Japan. One of them is Makoto Shinkai's newest movie, Your Name, or Kimi no Nawa, which I have seen four to six times, depending on how you count it, in the last two months. Uh, it shattered records for the highest grossing anime movie worldwide, so it is a huge success. What, whoa, wait, but what do you mean by how you count it? Uh, yeah, so, okay, I saw it in the movie theater when I got to Japan, the first day I got to Japan. Uh, it's sort of a tradition, the first day I get, to, uh, the first full day I have in Japan, I go see a movie uh, for the last couple of years I've been there. So I did that. Then, right before leaving, I saw it in IMAX, and then I got on the plane, and they updated the in-flight in entertainment to have the movie. So I saw your name basically two other times entirely on the plane. And then I watched it on other people's screens on the plane while I was on the plane. So you can count it as like six times because I sort of sighed in little bits here and there on other people's screens when I was sitting in the plane. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Yeah, and I also bought the soundtrack like right before getting on the plane because I love the music from the movie so much, and I didn't really need to buy it because I could just listen to the entire movie on the plane. Uh, but it's still good anyway. The other phenomena was Yuri on Ice, and Yuri on Ice instantly became the zeitgeist of the fall 2016 anime season. And like, to be honest, last year I didn't watch that much anime. Uh, I was sort of burnt out on anime, and I had other stuff to do. So I didn't really watch anything until the fall 2016 season. And it's because of Yuri on Ice, basically, that I started watching anime again. Um, and, like, uh, well, well, we'll get to it a little bit later. I should give a high-level synopsis of what this is. And before anyone freaks out, this is all stuff that happens in episode one. So we are not spoiling anything. Yes, you'll hear a specific sound. And I'm sure we'll repeat it, like, ten times before and after the sound appears that we are will now be in a spoiler zone so now right. it is spoiler free until the sound but exactly. before we do uh, we go through the summary uh, i would like to know maybe it will be part of the summary but i would like to know how did you came across uh yuri on ice i know you're a big uh, anime fan but was it like recommended to you or just like everybody was talking about it so you decided to just watch it so it's kind of funny because uh i was uh, I was, like one of my friends and I, we like to watch animes together. Uh, together sometimes, uh, like we sync the playback at the same time and we watch it over the internet together. And last summer we were looking for something to watch, and like she said, "Oh, maybe we should watch this figure skating anime." And I said, "Okay." And she sent me a link to the trailer, and I looked at it, and I was like, "This looks really good." Problem is, it comes out in October, so we were like, "Okay, maybe we'll watch something else instead." And October came around and we ended up watching it. Um, so I really like figure skating as a sport. Um, one of the weird things about me is, is uh, I find a lot of parallels between figure skating and software development, which people either love me for or hate me for <laughs> because it sounds insane. Uh, uh, it does sound insane. And so I watched it basically as it was coming out entirely in Japanese, no sub, no dub. Uh, as it came out, uh, we should say that the way that you came across it is that I send you random anecdotes and memes about the show, and you were like, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you basically said, like, this show is too stereotypically gay for me. Um, okay, no. What I said is, first I started to make fun of you because you were, like, on your typical, oh my god, it's nice, it's figures taking, like mantra, right? Every time Olympics come, especially the Winter Olympics, the only thing you watch on it is figure skating and you don't and curling but you do care about a lot about curling but i think <laughs> if i were to put it on a scale you like 
if the world were to fall apart, if there was figure skating on the TV, it would just stay in front of the TV or any internet-connected device. It's probably true. And obviously, I was using the stereotype uh, stereotype of like you watching figure skating always made me laugh. So I was all as a good friend, like I am, I was always making fun of you. And then uh, during our hiatus, something really bad happened to me. Um, so. You sent me a lot of screenshots and tweets uh, of when you were watching it. And in December, I think it's for the celebration. I'm not sure uh, why they did that. But Crunchyroll decided to put the first two. I wonder. I don't remember if it's the first two or the first three episodes. It's at least two. So they put two free episodes on YouTube, so you could watch them for free. Obviously, sub because I don't know a fucking word of Japanese, so that's good for me. And uh, then I started to watch them and got hooked. So I had to do my uh, public well, service announcement you, saying you that Yannick out. is right and I'm sorry. Okay. You left out another big thing, which is the thing that pisses me off the most. <laughs> oh, really? The way you found out about those two free episodes of Crunchyroll is that someone else you know from elsewhere, who presumably has better taste than me, posted, oh, yeah, Crunchyroll has these two episodes. Uh, it's someone you knew from NS North. And I was yeah. like, oh, great. So I can't recommend stuff to him because it's not good enough. But it's like someone else can. No, and that works. Come on, come on. The <laughs> way it was recommended to me is the tweet was saying like, if you haven't started to watch Yuri on Ice, it is now free on YouTube. Crunchyroll has posted the two episodes. I was like, ah, now I can watch it. Because if it's on Crunchyroll, there's at least subs or dubs of it. And yeah. I knew you were watching it like, in the real time so every time every i think it's a it was an episode per week if i recall correctly yeah and, and the funny thing is like crunchyroll is for people who don't know it's an anime streaming service that is very popular in north america and for many years now they've been doing simulcast deals with uh the various companies that produce anime in japan and so the actual weird thing is the subbed crunchyroll episodes were coming out before uh, the raws were being posted for the Japanese episodes. So, like, if you had, like, the top-tier Crunchyroll uh, subscription, because I think that there are, like, two tiers, and one of them gets access to stuff earlier, I think. Um, I, uh, to be honest, let's go on a small tangent about Crunchyroll. I never understood their top tier. Like, I'm paying for... I'm paying a price, okay? So, there's... I think that the, the, the tiers are the free one and the paying one. And I think now that I have the paying one, it's okay. I'm not sure. It's super vague to me. Yeah, there there's some weird stuff, and then there's also the fact that Crunchyroll has, like, Korean dramas and other stuff on their catalog, which is sort of another side product, except you can get a combo plan that includes both. It's kind of strange. I never really got it. Um, no, I, but the, I, I think it is super nice for people like me that enjoy, um, like, Japanese slash Korean. I don't think they have, like, on, on any other Asian media culture stuff. I think they might have like Taiwanese TV dramas or but something still, like that. But then, worst case scenario, let's put it this way: they will uh, they will publish and stream any Asian like TV cultural stuff that you can get here. So for people like me that are either I'm not a big fan, but I'm like I'm, I enjoy watching some anime sometimes. So for people like me that are casual anime watchers or are big fan but don't get any word of either Japanese or Taiwanese or Korean this is the perfect service for me yep and in many cases you can get it faster than 
any other way just by signing up to the legal service, which is great. Um, so yeah, maybe I should get to that synopsis. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so Yuri on Ice is a high, at a high level a series about competitive figure skating. Uh, it revolves around a character which is called Yuri Katsuki. Uh, he loses the Grand Prix final and a couple other competitions and decides to head back home to Hasetsu in Saga Prefecture, which is a fictional town, but it's in a real prefecture. And he puts his career on hold. Um, but then he goes to an ice rink back home and mimics a routine by his idol, Russian figure skater Viktor Nikiforov. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I haven't pr- been pr- uh, practicing my Russian like Donald Trump recently. Uh, oh, don't go there. Oh. And while he was mimicking the routine, uh, it gets recorded secretly and uploaded to the internet. Victor sees it and then shows up unannounced in Saga Prefecture to coach Yuri throughout his figure skating career. And the series basically revolves around Yuri's struggle to become a greater figure skater and the relationships between him, his coach, and his rival, which is confusingly also named Yuri, except Yuri Plisetsky. Yes, because he's Russian. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that is more or less the synopsis. Now, why should you watch this show? Uh, we're going to make the case for why you should watch the show, and then we're going to play a sound, and then we're going to be in the spoiler section. Um, so, first of all, I think the quality of the animation and the attention to detail in the show is absolutely insane. Uh, the food in the show is absolutely like it don't watch this show right after eating you will want to eat again uh it's everything looks delicious and the best part is in the blu-ray release they remastered the food so it looks even more delicious really oh my goodness it's torture (laughs) this is what i don't like about anime and put it lightly it's not i ate that but the food in animes typically looks amazing and you're just like oh my god i want to eat it now <laughs> yeah. so dangerous to watch anime if you haven't eaten anything for a day it's just dangerous yep uh and part of the reason that uh the show looks so good is because it had more key animators than any other anime in the season uh they had an average of 48.5 and the next show on the ranking was like five less than that average per episode so lots of key animators. But on top of that, it's not just the quality of the visuals that are amazing. The sound, the attention to detail in the sounds uh, when they're figure skating was absolutely crazy. So they recorded everything meticulously to match the acoustic profile of each venue and the crowd size, which is kind of nuts. Uh, they couldn't use stock Foley footage because it was too hard for them to match the sounds that one would expect from what was happening on screen with what they had in Foley. And they couldn't borrow sounds from professional skater footage because often there's also like crowd sounds and the music that blends into there and it makes it hard to extract clean sounds. So that also sort of played into why the music is entirely, well, I think it's entirely original, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to say mostly original and the choreography is entirely original. So the songs they skate to are incredibly varied in genre and they're all pretty convincing, actually. Like, they don't sound like cheap knockoff songs, for the most part. Um, no, and I think it it becomes kind of its own character. Yeah, definitely. The, so- the song is kind of the, the character that you never see. It just It is just there. And it helps, like, especially in the... To, it helps better uh, communicate the feelings and emotion that those characters 
feels and it also helps you better understand the relationship between characters throughout the series yes and we'll be talking a little bit more about that in the spoiler section of course uh, the entire show's figure skating routines were choreographed by Kenji Miyamoto. Uh, he's a two-time Japanese national champion figure skater who skated with Rie Arikawa. And the same choreographer, funnily enough, also previously choreographed Tatsuki Machida, which is not necessarily a skater you would know, except he's the figure skater that Yuri is based on, which is kind of funny. Um, so there's that. Oh, I didn't know that Yuri was really based on a uh, figure skater. So a lot of the characters in the show are based on real figure skaters. Um, they are, but it's kind of tiptoeing a bit. It's like they are on some, like some aspect of their personality they are, and some other they are like completely fictional. And but so in this case, the writer of the show is a huge fan of that figure skater, which is entirely the reason why oh, this, the okay. main character is based on this thing. Like she saw him... Uh, around the time of the Sochi Olympics. I'm not sure if she was at the Olympics or whatever. And he announced his retirement. And that's sort of where the idea of the show came from. Huh, interesting. Didn't know that part. Yeah. So, and of course, like the final thing before we go into the spoiler section is sort of the elephant in the room, if you've heard anything at all about Yuri on Ice, is that it is incredibly well known for its portrayal of same-sex relationships. Now, if you're an anime or manga fan you're probably aware that LGBT individuals kind of get thrown under the bus a lot and are not treated with dignity. And Yuri on Ice is very different on that front, but we can't really say anything about it without going to spoilers, so you're just going to have to trust us. <laughs> yeah, it's trust us, and I'm sure you can find on the internet a lot of people saying the same thing about the same-sex relationship that we see uh, throughout this uh, uh, series. Um, it is, um, I, I think it is refreshing. I won't say too much, but it is refreshing to see um, real, more like more like I would say like more human authentic. relation, authentic relationship. Yeah, that would be the exact word I was looking for. Authentic. It feels authentic when you watch it, and especially as a gay male, it's like, it just feels like I could have one of those relationships with somebody else. I might have also this relationship with somebody else, but you see what I mean. It's like you can see yourself in those two characters and it's super refreshing. Definitely. So oh, by the way, by the way, I'm super bad at skating, so I'm not seeing myself in either of those two guys because I'm suck at skating. I yeah, suck at I am it. also basically not gonna be skating ever again for the rest <laughs> of my life. So that's not gonna happen here. Okay, um, so I think it is the time. Well I guess we oh. should like give a last like a single sentence about what we think about the show for people who have not listened to it and then tell them to get the fuck out of here and go watch it. Um, okay. So I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh no, don't do that to me. <laughs> don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm just trying, like I'm looking at my notes and I know, okay, we need to not spoil anything. So yeah, it, it's really hard to talk about. Uh, oh, I should also mention while this show was on air, if you, followed anyone who watched the show you basically could not get away from spoilers in fact the most amazing thing is that the only episode that i did not have spoiled for me before i watched it was the finale because i was watching it live <laughs> <laughs> yeah and don't forget that you're also part of the problem especially in your current rewatch that you just did this week you were so bad at it you were I, not I was not po yeah that's i was very careful to only post like really dumb jokes and nothing that was really spoilery Okay, I think I have my sentence. I have a serious one and I have a funny one. The serious one is, um, 
if you stick on the fact that it, it is a figure skating show, you'll miss on something truly amazing. It's true. And the funny sentence that I will have to say is, if you're Canadian, you have to watch it. Mm, this is also true. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with this is the closest thing I would say anime has done to get close to television drama level of realism. Oh, wow. That's way better than mine. You're absolutely true and, and you're absolutely right. But mine is just bad compared to what you said. <laughs> I mean, you, you could do this show live action and it would work because there is nothing like magical about the show. There is nothing. Everything about this is human. And if you are dismissing the show because it is anime, you are doing a mistake. If you're dismissing the show because it's figure skating, you're doing a mistake. And if you're dismissing the show because there are same sex relationships in it, well, fuck you, you're a bigot. Goodbye. That's and true. on that note, <laughs> and maybe just to conclude on your like, it could be live action. I think you know what? There's still something that the like typical anime emotion portrayal on screen brings to that. That I'm oh, super definitely. happy. I'm super happy that it is an anime and not like just real humans doing that. I think we will miss something. Like I think the exaggeration in emotion, and I think <laughs> there's a lot of that in that uh, series, is just like well played in Yuri on Ice. Cool. So on that note, we are now going to play the spoiler sound. So if you have not seen Yuri on Ice and you don't want to have it spoiled for you, please turn back and go watch it on Crunchyroll or however you want to watch it. And we'll see you after the break. I hope seriously that if you're still listening to my voice as I speak it, that either you watch it or you don't care about spoilers because you've been warned. Yep. Spoiler Zone is starting now. And I guess I should also add a content warning that we are going to touch on how LGBT individuals are perceived in Japanese society and how LGBT characters are portrayed in anime. And if you are not mentally prepared to listen to this kind of discussion, please turn back now. Oh, I think I would invite you to just leave this podcast alone, too. But that's just me. Well, well, that no, that, I meant more in the terms like if you've got trauma or something, not oh, bad opinions. Oh, okay, I see. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking to bigots there, but... So should we bad. just walk right into the, the elephant in the room right now? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if you want to start something off with something a little lighter, we can do that. Uh, I don't care. Um, yeah, sure. You know what? We discussed a bit about soundtracks and let's start with that. Awesome. So, um, there has been a release of all of the music used during the performance of the characters and you should just go on Apple Music because I know it's there. I've been listening to it in repeat for the last two <laughs> months and I'm not joking. It's true. I'll post, post in the show notes my uh, Yuri on Ice playlist because it's also including the opening and the ending which also i found like just like a side uh, a side note but i found an english like fan a fan this an english version of you only live once which is the ending song of each episode which is also super nice so i'll uh, make it take a note to put uh to make that playlist public and put it in the show notes and if well, you are there's one episode with a different ending theme, <laughs> episode 10, where he's pole dancing drunk, but... <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, but yeah, like I said a bit, like I said in the opening, the music and the soundtrack throughout the series is its own character. And I think it is carefully chosen 
of course by the uh, by the producer, but also like you see that throughout the series, each character, each skater will choose songs to perform that reflect their own personality, or in the inverse, like feelings or what they would like to be it they and it is super chosen and it fits with obviously it fits with the choreography because that's kind of the job of figure skating is making sure that your choreography and music goes hand in hand but it becomes its own vehicle for emotion and just understanding more the characters throughout this anime that it's just like every time i would just like not look at the anime and just listen to the the audio tag and i'm sure you'll get as close to uh, the same idea if you were to watch and i think like it really works in the favor of the show in particular because a lot of the skaters in the show you don't see very often on screen like some show up more than others but for the most part this is a show about victor and yuri and you're not really going to see the others as much and I think, like, the, there are some characters that you sort of can't divorce from their songs because their songs basically are all they say, more or less, uh, in the show. And I think, like, <laughs> the guy that comes the most to mind is Russia's Georgi Popovich, which is the, uh, I call him heartbreak guy. Which oh, is, yeah. <laughs> which is basically, like, this crazy Russian guy who... Uh, his girlfriend basically broke up with them and they were like publicly po posting photos on Instagram of each other and then like all of a sudden in her Instagram feed the guy changes and then he's like oh my god I'm an evil witch I'm going to cast a spell on uh, on her and then I'm going to be the only one who's going to be able to save her and it, this guy is completely fucked up and I completely <laughs> forgot about this guy until I rewatched the show and I was like holy shit I forgot about this guy this guy is hilarious and also fucking creepy yeah, and this is a good example of like the sound, the music in the soundtrack is there to cast even more on a character, even if the character is acting. And most most of the time, when we see them, they are in their performance as figure skaters, and less about like relationship between others. You'll see that they uh, there is kind of the the top six at the end because they are the Grand Prix, but. Throughout the series, what happens is you follow Yuri, uh, Victor, and Yurio, which is the other Yuri, the Russian one. Mm. And you know what I mean when I say Yurio if you've done your homework. So I'll continue saying Yurio to make it simple. But those three just like, I would say they, they follow adventures, right? They go from cup to cup and then they just meet people. And by meeting people, you see their character using the music. But at the same time, they are there just to build the relationship and some sometimes tension between those three main characters. Yeah, and I think like to a certain degree it's sort of cool that the rivals basically skate to the same song. Uh I need to eat the uh I don't know what it's called in the sub because I haven't seen it. Um but basically the song that they skate to is basically just the same song except arranged differently. And I think First of all, like the choice was intentional to swap the songs that fit the characters the most so that they could develop their opposite sides better in their choreography. And I think that actually works out throughout the story arc of the anime. But they're also just amazing songs, too. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, they are just amazing. 
Okay, I think we said more than enough on the soundtrack. Well, actually, I, I just wanted to surface oh. a couple of my favorite songs. Oh, so let's of, do that. That's a good of idea. Of course, we can't not talk about the theme of King JJ, which is <laughs> the greatest Coldplay song of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And it's also the perfect song if Justin Trudeau would do figure skating. Oh, my fucking God. Okay, so JJ Le Roi means <laughs> Jean-Jacques Jean-Jacques Le Roi. Yes. So he's... He's the kind of the Canadian figure skater that is representing Canada. And <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that he's a self-upset asshole, but he is likable. <laughs> you you end up liking him because you realize that even if he thinks that he's super perfect, <laughs> you realize that he just choked in the Grand Prix, which at some point any like performers will go to that phase and he understand that phase too. Yeah. But at the same time, he's just like, he loves himself way too much and i need i need to share an anecdote about this because as i said at the beginning of the show yuri on ice basically everybody was watching it in japan when it was on and of course i was in japan when it was on so naturally a lot of people associated canada with jj while i was <laughs> in japan oh, no. and one of the things that happened is of course i went to gaming events that i basically had no reason to be at because i like weird games that never came out in Canada and people were very confused as to why I was there and occasionally people would come up to me and ask me why I'm there <laughs> and uh, for the Sakura Tyson exhibit Sakura Tyson is a Saturn video game about a musical theater troupe that fights in giant me mechanized robots um, I was at the art exhibition for the 20th anniversary of that and a lady walks up to me and she's like hello where are you from blah 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 And then I say I'm from Canada, and she says, oh, JJ. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. Except we're sort of less self-obsessed than that, but yes. And, and it, that, I, I mean, like, I saw so many Japanese girls doing JJ-style poses. Oh, no. <laughs> which was weird. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Okay, now that, that's a good note, because uh, the team of uh King JJ is really catchy and is super nice, uh, and it's a bit dangerous when I w listen to it at work because you, I'm like coding and scream. Just... <laughs> yes, a bit. So it's uh, it's a, a good mix. It's our new national anthem. Uh, yeah. Also, another song I really love is "Shall We Skate," which is basically yes. a parody of a musical uh, figure figure skating musical called "The King." Uh, which is about like some guy in another country who basically becomes the face of the country because he's a figure skater and that's effectively what happens to Pichit during the entire season of the show which I think is really nice yeah and you know what I know I'll diverge a bit on the subject still but I think Pichit is kind of one of my favorite outside characters he's such a meme lord I love him he's always on Instagram yes that's true <laughs> but A he's so lovable cute and then you cannot not like him Yeah, I think everybody I know loves Pichit, and especially, like, there's a place where, while he's figure skating, he's fantasizing about having his own ice show That's in true. Thailand, <laughs> Pichit on Ice, and I was like, that has to be season two of the show. I mean, I, if it's not season two of the show, I'm going to be very disappointed. Or it could just be a spinoff. Or it is... could be, a, like, a Blu-ray extra. That would be good. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Some anime have done that, where they have, like, daydreams, and they develop the daydream for the Blu-ray. They should do that in this case. I'm surprised that, uh, unless you're done with your list, I'm surprised that you're not including uh, Yuri on Ice, which is also in the It's name beautiful. of the soundtrack. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love that song as well. 
Uh, it makes me cry a little bit every time I hear it. And uh, recently, Konami launched a new music game, which is entirely based around piano, which is called Nostalgia. And I really, really, really want them to put that song in the game. In fact, I think a lot of people do. And I will be very surprised if by the end of the year, it's not in there. Yeah, I and mean, I was reading about the songs a bit on uh, Wikipedia, and it seems that it is also included in the piano, uh, a piano, ch- a cheat book for, I think it's for figure skaters' songs. And they were referring to that, that it is the only anime song in that book, so it's a big <laughs> deal. But I can't understand why. I, I think if you were to not listen to Yuri on Ice, the anime, and only listen to the song, I think you would understand the whole anime in three, four minutes that the song, that Songland is. Because it explains who Yuri is while just being music and just being instrumental music so it's all if you like instrumental music it is a beautiful piece but also it is a perfect vehicle to just show you who yuri is definitely um that would be my top one by the way that and team of king jj but that's (laughs) that's in the different category uh, before we move on, I also want to say uh, I spent a lot of time at anime club events while I was in Japan, and I heard History Maker and You Only Live Once like a billion times uh, oh, I love at those, those events. Things. I really dislike You Only Live Once, but I think I'm sort of biased because the artist who does it is, well, the artist who did the music for it, not necessarily the uh, the singing because the vocalist, I don't know who he is, um, but that person who did the music for it is DJ Genki, which has music in Beat Mania 2DX. And I was like, this is the most boring DJ Genki song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and that sort of skewed me in the wrong way. I think History Maker is a much better song overall. And I'm not bothered by hearing that song a million times. Um, but yeah, so I have gotten to be very familiar with the music of Yuri on Ice just from spending a lot of time in clubs in Japan. I'll be honest with you, the two ones that are stuck in my head, and I think the main reason why is they are A, catchy, and B, all in English, is really <laughs> History Maker and Team of King JJ. That's the only reason those two are. They are super good too, but... Shall We Skate is entirely English as well. <laughs> that's true. But I don't know why. I don't know why it is. Because it's so fucking hilarious. That's I think why. it's more... Yeah, I think it's less catchy, just hilarious. It's like a that's Disney a... movie song. It's not like a real serious song. Yeah, and Pitch It On Ice looks like just a Disney movie. Yeah. Good. Now that we're talking a bit more about the character themselves, maybe we should talk about the character themselves for real. Okay. Um, you know what? I want to start with Victor. And I think I'm sure you'll st- see why. Okay. This was the most, like, gay male stereotypical anime things that was in Yuri on Ice. Victor is kind of a god. Yes. In that anime. And he's also physically shown as somewhat like he's well fit. Let's put it this way. Yes. And also the he has a tendency. Very good of, lines. Yes, exactly. And he also has a tendency of loving to be naked. Oh, well, there's Christoph Giacometti, which is also sort of in that range of I always want to be naked, except maybe a little bit more than Victor. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, maybe a little more. So. Victor's character is super nice. Ignoring that part, which is just like, that was to me the most stereotypical thing about the gay males in Yuri on Ice. And ignoring that, um, Victor is, a, is an interesting character because when the anime starts, you, the only reason you think that he's helping Yuri is just for 
his own good or his own like ideas and just his own personal growth because you you know that after winning five grand prix he's just bored and you also see like the appreciation that yuri has for victor like it just feeds his ego non-stop and i think he really yes. likes that and he's also a little bit of a sadist and he takes great pleasure in like knocking down yuri a couple pegs sometimes yeah and i think i think it's part that part also like he's making at some point i think it's in the it's in episode nine when victor has to go back to japan because of his dog yeah um and i forgot the name of the coach but the russian coach just gives some remarks to yuri and yuri is like oh my goodness victor is completely like that and it's always like <laughs> pointing small things and then complaining about them and bitching about them for five minutes even if it's like one teeny 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 thing and i think it's also like reflect on the way he coaches uh yuri because his own experience was with that uh Oldsman coach because i think that guy they were like they entered that he's been doing that for his whole life he has been a figure skater coach yeah he's basically like the russian national figure skating coach from what it seems But yeah, and you're right. You all and throughout the series, what you start to see is, yes, is like yes, Victor is coaching Yuri for his own good as a figure skater to have more competition. But the more he helps Yuri, the more he falls for Yuri. And mm. I wouldn't say that it doesn't want to. Maybe it shows that he obviously wants to go back because he's a competitive person. But at the same time, he knows that the parts of what he's having with Yuri right now might die if he goes there, and that's why that's why I think what we see in the last few episodes is like that's why he's super super sad when Yuri makes some comment about just them being separated without being like. I know they use a lot of like, "Oh, you're my coach, and I'm uh, uh, I'm your your student," but you see, like, it's like they use that of saying like, "Oh no no, we'll just separate ourselves. We won't be." coach and student which means a couple in the end mm. so yeah that's what i have to say about victor it's really funny though then the dog is dog i forgot it's matchy i forgot the name of the dog the dog is cute even if it's a poodle i'm not a big fan of poodle but this one is cute i like his uh kleenex box case oh <laughs> yeah which is fucking adorable yeah it is super adorable and you know what that is all of those small like uh things that we're mentioning the dog the kleenex bug that is in the same shade as a poodle dog like is the same color it's brown and all like those cuteness is so typical to me when i watch animes like i expect those to be an anime so when i was saying that you were saying that, yes the story and all of the relationship and the characters will fit well into a real like human made drama It would miss it would, to me. It will make me miss those small things. Like uh, the other thing is like when Yuri, when somebody like just burns Yuri so much that he just like <laughs> went away and he becomes so small and he's like, oh my god, I want to be in that corner. And even if I'm in corner, the corner is too. I'm not too. I'm too big for the corner. Like he really wants to hide away from everybody. Like all of those typical anime emotion and anime reaction just makes it even more lovable yeah the fact that it's not trying to be photorealistic means that they can inject more personality into things and i think that's where anime sort of shines especially for these kinds of things where you could get away with doing a televised drama but you sort of gain something by doing it through anime yeah another reference that is according to tony super uh 
super used in animes, but it, it was the first time I've seen that, is when woman gets excited, they bleed from their nose. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's funny, but I don't get it. I, I get it that they use bleeding from your nose to be excited, aroused sexually, but then Tony was like, yeah, it is used a lot. And it's no, it's think, very common, yeah. And I think he was saying it was it started with Dragon Ball Z or something like that. I know he said something about Dragon Ball Z. I don't know about that. Yeah, so somebody will correct us, or maybe not. That's okay. Please, but, Dragon Ball Z experts, if you're still listening, write in. Yes, yeah, 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 obviously. Um, mm, do you really want me to talk about you, yo um well i can do it he's fucking cute as fuck that's what it is oh no really (laughs) i hate the kid i seriously hate the kid Uh, he's like such a pain in the ass oh but i i love him for that um (laughs) i do not (laughs) i like the part when he's like he gets to japan for the first time and he's walking down and he's like oh no i can't post anything to instagram because it'll give away my location right away and then he sees like this ugly sweatshirt with a fucking tiger on it and he's like holy shit i need to buy this right the fuck now and then he takes a photo with it and then he posts it on instagram and then instantly his phone is ringing and his coach is like what the fuck are you doing in japan and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) you know he's funny but he's so much of a jerk that i'm like obviously he's there his role for his role in the anime is you need to hate him, right? And he's he's a fifteen year old figure skating pro- prodigy. Like in comparison, Yuri, I believe, is twenty three. Victor is twenty seven in yeah. the anime. Um, so and he- in the end, in the end, they are twenty four and twenty eight. So like, there's a big age difference between Yuri and Yurio. Yeah, and, but, like, when you're 15, you're sort of going to have that rebellious instinct of, like, fuck everything. I'm just going to go buy this cool tri- tiger thing in Japan. And, well, I guess most 15-year-olds don't have the disposable income to go to Japan on a whim. But you know what I mean. Uh, oh, yeah. And one of my notes is I'm still super pissed about the end. I'm super, super pissed about the end. <laughs> and I understand why the ending was made the same the, the way it is. So the way it ends... so. They go to the Grand Prix and okay, so it's it's super. I, I think Yuri is not going doing great after the short program, and Yurio is going. I think it's like first or second after the short program. So if Yuri wants to win in the free program, he needs to kick some big asses, yes. which he did. Yes, but not and enough. Then, not enough. Not enough. Fucking point twelve points. <laughs> Come on. But uh, part of me actually wonders, because I think Yuri on Ice, I don't think they expected to be as big of a success as it was. Part of me really wonders if that was like a last minute, we are going to have a second season, so we're going to scrap this ending where Yuri wins and put one where Yurio wins and then problem solved, we can get away with having a second season. And I don't necessarily think that they would have failed to come up with a second season, but it closed up the tie. It would close up the story much more if he had just won period. Yeah. It fits better with the narrative of having a second season is, and then like when you see Yuri goes to Victor saying, Oh, I know you wanted to kiss the gold medal, but here's a silver medal. And then Victor Typical Victor's like, don't put that shit in my mouth. Go away. <laughs> Go away. It, it doesn't say that, but that's what it meant. It's like, silver, not 
fancy enough for this beautiful mount. Maybe next year. Um, uh, yes, and they, they go, oh, maybe next year, and then they say, oh, will you still be my coach even if you skate? And then they, they have this, which to me felt a bit fast. It's like, you realize that Yuri wins by 0.12 points, and then you have this short, cute moment between the, those two where they announce to each other that, yes, Yuri will continue. He won't retire, even if for a figure skater, he's starting to get old. And well, Victor is even older at that yes, point. Yes, Victor is, is older. Sort of odd. But don't forget that at some point, Chris made that comment, uh, saying like, "Oh yeah, you like." Uh, I think he did that he said that to Victor when there was in the pool in episode ten. He was like, "It's sad that you're not there because now I'm the oldest guy around." Mm. And now with Yuri, which is a year younger than he is, he's you see that even if they are only one year apart, you see that there is like a big gap in character building and yeah like, they don't they're not at the same stage of life hmm. and it's interesting because he doesn't compare himself to yuri even if he's like like he, they are both the old men yeah of that group i forgot where i went with that <laughs> but that's okay it happens cool so Should yeah I- to us uh, to go back i had yuri I'm super pissed that he won. I understand why he won because it fits with the narrative. So now it convinced Yuri to not retire and then we can have a season two. Please, we need to have a season two. What I found really amusing is that there are so many more cosplayers who are being Yurio than Yuri, which is strange because they're all Japanese. Well, when I was in Japan anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. They would all rather be the cool Russian kid and I can sort of understand because he's way cooler. But... Uh, oh. Yeah. Um, should I talk about other characters that I think are cool? Yeah, sh- sure, sure. Go on. Okay, so characters that I have notes about. Uh, so we mentioned Christoph Giacometti, which is, I call him butt plug guy because it's, I think he has a butt plug whenever he's skating. Oh. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. okay. <laughs> this was like my initial reaction and it still holds after rewatching the, the show. I think he has, <sighs> What a pervert, man! Um, what? Yes, I, I think that's. I think like. V- Are you accusing me of projecting? Oh no, 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 no! no. <laughs> come on, come on! Uh, no, what I was about to say about Christoph is, I think he's the other guy, including Victor, that they know they are sexy, they love the attention, and they'll continue until they just are fat and ugly. Compared yeah. to somebody that, like, compared to JJ, for example, he loves himself. You might, you might consider him sexy, but he's not like idolized god esque man in the anime way. He's just like, no. He, he's like an average, good looking guy. Yes, who thinks he's basically Victor. <laughs> he's Justin Trudeau <laughs> doing fear skating. Oh my goodness. Once you said that, I couldn't, like, I was just watching it. It's like, hello, Justin. Hello. <laughs> hello. You're nice on your skate and being a nice... Which doing- we, we should point out before somebody emails in, we know that he is based on the real Canadian figure skater, Jeffrey Buttle. Uh, I sent you a photo of Jeffrey Buttle earlier today and yes. you laughed your ass off. I did. <laughs> and... Oh, uh, nice when you note about uh, JJ and I forgot the name of the US guy. Oh, 
It's Leo something something. Yeah, something that sounds vaguely Hispanic. Uh, yes, and something. That and that's my point. Is it made me laugh so much that the Canadian guy has a French speaking name or a French sounding name, and the U.S. candidate is an Hispanic based. I mean, you see, the guy looks Hispanic, and yeah. it is of Sp- Hispanic heritage, and this made me laugh so much with the current politics. That's the only thing I was ever with the current politics in the US <laughs> and here in Canada because French speaking people are more in the minority. It made me laugh that they decided to all the way they decided to represent Canada is with the French speaking guy name, even if we don't know if he really speaks French. That made me laugh a lot. Mm, true. Uh other characters I liked uh Mickey that was, Chris Oh, oh sorry. But that was only only what you had to say about Chris? Uh I don't know how to formulate in words how I feel about Chris. He is very weird. <laughs> okay. The other note I had about him is in the pool in the scene, the pool scene when Victor and him are there, I was like, "Hmm. I'm sure those guys had an interesting uh, interesting past winky face if you see what I mean." Maybe, maybe I can see that. Yeah, and I think that I think from what you just said, I think it explained Everything about the character. Perhaps. Um, right. So uh, last character I have notes on is Mickey Crispino and his sister Sarah, which are also sort of troubling at parts. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's on the same level as the other Russian guy. In yeah. Part. He only has eyes for his sister, which it's rare that you see those kinds of, well, not for anime, I guess. Uh, Fair. Um, yeah. But it was kind of odd to see that placed randomly into the show like cool okay yeah you grow up and the only female company you have is your sister so you have a closer bond than normal it still feels kind of odd i'm sort of i'm sort of glad he seems to have partially gotten over it i just did not really like him being like no sorry you can't date my sister because fuck you she's mine i I was bothered by that agreed and I don't think I have other notes on characters in here. Let me scroll up. It's funny that we don't talk that much about Yuri. He's kind of boring. I mean, like, well, okay. So there's... That, a, it's funny. I really wanted you to say that when I asked that. And you did. So that's good. That he's boring? Yes. Okay. Well, it's not... Okay. So what's interesting about him is not him as a person. It is more what he has to deal with. Uh, and I think, like, there's a big... Uh, portion of the Yuri on Ice community that really appreciates the show as a portrayal, not necessarily of same-sex relationships, which we will talk about, I promise, uh, but more... We're, getting, at, we're keeping the uh, the best for the end, that's why. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but I think like people are very appreciative of the way that they treat anxiety and how uh, Yuri deals with it because it's a very realistic portrayal. Like at certain points, like there's no narrator in the show. Well, there's the narrators for the figure skating programs, but they don't count really. Uh, But the only narrator you sort of have is Yuri himself or in like one episode, I think it's Victor who takes over as the narrator for the episode in quotes. Episode 10. Yeah. Um, Which is more an episode about Victor and less about Yuri's experience. And to be honest, it's sort of a recap episode for the first half of it anyway. It's less of a, yeah. Um, But like, 
he's sort of an unreliable narrator because he can only say what he feels and not necessarily what happened. And like you see stuff like when he got shit face drunk and he never mentions it at all because he doesn't remember it. And then it shows up all of a sudden in episode 10 and you're like, oh, okay, uh, there was a part of the story missing and now we got it because it takes a fuck ton of photos. Uh, <laughs> I know. And it, it it's just like it's the circle that ends and starts again. You, you understand after watching that in episode 10, you understand the whole premise of the show. Yes. And that's what's nice because, and that's why I wanted to say that, wanted you to say that Yuri is boring because Yuri can be anybody that is watching the show. And that is what is super nice about uh, his character is he is not a prodigy as figure skating. He work his ass off to go where he was. He's a bit insecure, a bit introvert. And when he faces a challenge, he sometimes doesn't know how to handle it. And that's what you start to learn with him is with his previous coach, he, he knows that he needs somebody to help him when that, but he's not good at expressing those feelings. So he was not good to express that to his previous coach. And obviously, since there's a romantic a relationship between him and Victor, he, he starts to open up. And that is also part of what makes a successful couple. You need to open up to your other uh, person in your couple. And if not, there's no communication, so it won't work. And that's where they build a parallel of saying like, yes, he has hard time like talking about his emotion, like a lot of people are having right now. And maybe a lot of people that AI is watching this show are feeling the same. So they are able to put themselves into... Yuri's shoes even if they're super bad at skating like we are but this is what makes Yuri's the character so nice yep I mean I, I, I there's a lot of criticism uh, from time to time in the anime community and more the game community than others where the main characters of works are just boring characters that are made to insert yourself and sort of it's a, sort of an overdone trope in media these days that people are sort of tired with i did not get the same feeling from yuri on ice simply because yes he's a boring character but because they portray his anxiety in such a quote great way uh there's Realistic more to it way would be the word here yeah it's not like a completely blank slate main character which there are so many like just look at any harem anime because that's the point of harem anime is ah cool all the girls love me i'm going to watch this anime and i'm going to feel like all the girls love me like there is nothing interesting about the main character in those shows because there can't be because otherwise you can't necessarily relate to it and that is sort of why those series tend to be very boring but uh they did a good job with this protagonist even though he can be a self-insert that's true okay I think we're done with characters, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I mean, Minako-sensei is the good shit, but uh, otherwise, we can move on. <laughs> she's the, like, the... She's the ballet, ballet teacher, yeah, yes. Yeah, ballet teacher plus uh, bar owner, which always makes me laugh when she's in her bar. Ah, such a great bar. Uh, you're just so jealous you want to go to that bar. I do. Okay, uh, so let's talk about episode 7, because I think that is where it's going. The biggest spoiler of the season... The biggest spoiler of the season, so be ready. What happens in uh, episode 7, Yannick? The kiss. Or is it really a kiss? I don't know. 
Uh, oh I'm come on! Sure it's di- I'm pretty sure it's a kiss. <laughs> yes, that's the answer. You no need to hesitate. Everybody <laughs> that hesitate should go away and not listen to that episode. It was a kiss. It was a normal kiss, and that's why you don't see it. Because when you put a fucking camera out next to you, you won't see the fucking kiss because it happens. To quote friends of the show, the killers, it was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. <laughs> wow! Did you prepare that one? No. Wow. Okay, I'm super impressed now. Uh, so yeah, so in episode seven, I don't remember which. Uh, it is obviously the, it, this exact moment is the first kind of building block of Yuri's and Victor's relationship. I think seven, episode seven is China's second episode, so free program. Yes, that would be make it yes because after it's yes, you're right. So what happens is Yuri outperform, even if you finish seconds, but he gives the uh gives everyone a good an amazing performance and to kind of surprise him even more um victor kisses yuri after his free program and that's it there's nothing to say about it cool so why is this so controversial <laughs> uh i think part of why it is so controversial is because people are saying that oh we didn't see so they didn't kiss I guess it's it's hard to look at that and say that they didn't kiss honestly. Yeah, you know what? Every person that thinks they didn't kiss, I will hold them the same way that they are holding together and let's try to not kiss. Maybe I will regret challenging those mm, people. Yeah. But yes, it is super hard to not kiss a person when you hold them so close that you don't see one other person's mouth. So I'll just put it out there. Um, and also, it's kind of related to what we were saying throughout this episode about the same-sex relationship uh, portrayal in Yuri on Ice. Um, if it were more typical, same, especially gay male anime, we would not only see the kiss, we would see other things, right? You normally wouldn't see gay anime at all, really. Uh, oh, that's true, too. I think heterosexual male is extremely rare especially in anime um so i guess i should sort of explain the context around all of this because uh i should point out that of course i am a cisgender straight male so my experience is of course limited and i only really see things from afar and lukavi wouldn't really be more qualified because he's never really been to japan and experienced that culture as much so i'm relaying to the best of my ability Um, yeah but obviously I get some of what happens in Japan regarding LGBT people, right? Because I think you'll touch that is in general, Japan and Asian culture are not that great and amazing for people that are not straight and cisgender, right? The, f- the feeling I get is they're like 20 to 25 years behind on that front. Um, and I mean, like trans stuff is really weird in japan it is different i think it is ahead in many ways from what we are here which is incredibly strange when you consider how far behind they are in other things but they're also behind in other ways uh japanese portrayal of trans people in general could be like an entire episode so we're not going to delve into that too deeply but i do want to sort of establish what the norms not the norms but what what's standard for homosexual fiction in japan so you basically have like the two main genres, which are Yuri and Yaoi. Uh, Yuri is lesbianism and Yaoi is more gay. But the sort of the big asterisk for all of this is the primary audience for all of this media is women. Um, 
which is not necessarily what you would expect. So Yuri is about the portrayal of love, sex, and intimate and emotional connection between women. Pretty standard stuff. I think it is maybe the closest to actual accurate portrayal of relationships in all of these sort of genres with regards to homosexual relationships. Uh, mostly because it is by women for women. Sort of makes sense. Uh, Yaoi is about the portrayal of sex between two men used, <laughs> used by women as a means of exploring their sexuality by distancing sex from their own bodies. So this is kind of weird. It's like, you're a woman, you want to think about sex, but you do not want to think about sex in relation to your own body, so you will look at two men fucking. Which is a bit weird. Well, and also, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it weird, but it's no, not but what you would expect. Yes, okay, that's the best way to put it in words, with, without saying it's weird. What I want to, uh, wanted to add on top of that is also this type of either manga or anime is also really focuses on stereotypical stuff. Yes, and like, sometimes even like it, there is very much a formula to yaoi. There's like um, there's a saying I don't remember the exact saying, but it's like. There's no climax. There's no development. Uh, it's just boring the whole time. Basically, is the point is like that's sort of like a reverse engineered uh, phrase that they made from the word yaoi um, in Japan that gets repeated a lot. Like it's, it's mostly just to see guys fucking, uh, usually as roughly as possible. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's also it's a kind of a, a portrayal of some aspect of the gay community where it's just guys fucking right. And the, oh, and they put like they put like the on top of the cake they put the cherry the stereotypical cherry which is mostly you have kind of a feminine looking dumb guy with a masculine like dominant guy and you know what happens with the dumb and the sub yeah that is the semi and the uke or yes. the uh, the top and the bottom really yes and um, it is the same recipe applied to all of them you have dumb that is super macho or at least super masculine it will like have like masculine try to be confident and all and then you'll have on the other side the more feminine guy that will like be more on his emotion talking a lot and blah 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 it to me it becomes a bit i would say not even a bit it just becomes super rounded and super fast <laughs> and it's like come on we're yes. all not like that yes uh, there's also Boys Love, which is sort of a parallel genre, which explores more of the relationship side of uh, gay relationships. Although, in both Yaoi and Boys Love, you see a lot of main characters that refuse to actually identify as gay, <laughs> which is strange. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, I wouldn't be too vulgar, but we are having gay sex, but hashtag no homo. But that's okay. <laughs> gay sex, hashtag no homo. It, it just fits, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I guess, like, the reason they don't identify as gay that is stated by creators generally is, well, the the purpose of this work is not to explore the sexual identity of these characters. It is basically to serve as masturbation fodder uh, or to, like I said earlier, like, ex uh, explore the sexuality by distancing it from your body. Like, you're focusing more on the acts and less on the people and i guess maybe i i'm not far enough in the psychology research to talk about that but anyway that is what they say uh there are also other genres there's bara which is gay material made by men for men which is 
I mean, it also tends to stick a little bit to the stereotypes just because, like, when all of the gay stuff you see is based on those stereotypes, it is hard to base it around something other than those stereotypes. Um, and you you see a lot more these days of Yuri being employed as a spice in works that are targeted to men to just, like, put two girls kissing. Why not? It's going to be good for the men or uh, put them there to laugh at them or whatever. Uh so that also happens. Uh, much like here in the West, bisexuality is basically invisible in the media because if you are bisexual, you can sort of just pass as straight for the most part. And there are debates as to whether or not that should be the case. Um, but this is not the place for that debate. And uh, like I said, transgender stuff, it's very complicated to explain all that goes on with transgender uh, perception in Japan. In many ways, it is much better than it is here. In other ways, it is much worse. Um, generally the way that manga and anime tend to address it is by not bringing in people who, well, characters that are actually trans, but just using characters that cross-dress and use that as a proxy. So in that way, you aren't really attacking trans people. You're attract, uh, you're attacking cross-dressers, which is different in certain ways, um, Again, I don't want to spend the entire episode talking about that. But the important part is that recently things have gotten better. Not hugely, but there are more works being put out that portray LGBT characters and relationships in a genuine slash realistic way. Uh, I can name a couple of those works. Uh, Kabi Nagata's autobiographical manga, uh, My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness, it came out last year in paperback and it is amazing. Uh, you should go read that. Uh, Takako Shimura wrote a manga like 10 years ago called Wandering Sun, which is about two middle school friends who realized that the gender they were assigned at birth doesn't match their actual gender, uh, which was, uh, well, I, I watched the anime and the anime was great, but there is some weird stuff uh but for the most part it was good um so yeah but in in a, the large scheme of things japan is like 20 to 25 years behind and i think like the reason i've chosen 20 to 25 years behind is mostly because 20 to 25 years ago we were seeing like the first television dramas in north america where gay characters were sort of treated with dignity and with respect and were being accepted and this sort of really opened the conversation for uh, what are gay people really like in real life and not just stereotypes that we see in fiction. Or uh, these are people I can relate with in ways other than who they decide to have sex with, really. I think I will correct your statement there, though. I wouldn't say it's with respect and dignity, but we just started to see them more in culture and media in general. Well, uh, that too. obviously we obviously we were not there, but from everything I heard from that era, and I think you should just listen to Savage Love a couple of times per year, and just listen to Dan, and you'll see he talks a lot uh, about uh, his time growing up, and well, sometimes he's older mentioned... than than that though. Fair, but he grew up in the seventies and eighties, which is mostly that twenty five years ago. So uh, I see what you mean. 25 years like... ago was in the 90s, dude. I know. I'm 25. <laughs> yes, I we are. But uh, okay. I was a bit maybe more in the 30 years. I think like then. look at mid-90s, late 90s, and you've got like shows that are putting out like main characters that are gay and that have sort of shown to the world like gay people are relatable as well. 
Uh, they are not monsters. They will not eat you. Uh, and I think like that helped a lot. Okay, no, but still, like I, I see where you're going. Like I, uh, I don't I, mean to excuse like all no, of the media no, no. that was created, obviously. But I think it, it, like that was when it, it really went. It really got better in quotes than than previously, is what I would say. Okay, like you don't like. I think there's a turning point to where, like, before all of the gay characters on TV shows were drag queens, basically. And then, like, you start seeing. And I think like, that turning point is, like, 1995-ish. Would you agree with that statement? Yes and no, but that's okay. That's okay. okay. Continue on that. Uh, well, th- that was sort of what I had to say about, like, the context surrounding it. Uh, obviously, I want to say, like, Yuri on Ice is not a perfect work. Uh, I don't want to say that it is. But I think that for the context that Japan is in right now, it is a very progressive work in that context. And I think that a lot of people, there was, there was some controversy with regards to how, like how the relationship was being portrayed with regards to Western standards. And it's very important to consider that this is a work being made by Japanese people, primarily for Japanese people, and that it was developed in a Japanese context. And that for that context, this is a remarkable work. Um, like, there are people who are also saying, like, this is a great show, except it doesn't address at all, like, homophobia at all. And I think there are some people who would say, sometimes it's nice to actually just have a story about a relationship that goes well, then not bring homophobia into it. I think it's also a valid case to say homophobia is a real part of what people go through as gay people, and that it's sort of... uh embellishing things by pretending it doesn't exist and i think there's merit to both sides of that but i think like the way that you get the balance is by having some works that do it and some works that don't and i don't know if you agree with that maybe no i do agree with you on that and i think the other example of that is the two characters are from countries where lgbt rights are either completely shit russia yes or, as far as I know, in Japan, it is shit. Yes, and improving, but still shit, yes. Yes, and I would say the main difference from what I heard from Japan and Russia is at least in Japan, there is no statewide, like, let's kill all the gays. This is true. And in fact, like, uh, recently, I think Shibuya Ward in Tokyo now accepts same-sex civil unions as of last year. Hmm, interesting. So, obviously... Work is being done. Yes. It's just not as fast as everyone would hope. Yes, Japan is miles away from Russia, that's for sure. So, I think if you have one critics to make about Yuri on Ice is that it might feel a bit too much utopic for you. And I understand that, but you know what? Sometimes, like, for the last 100 years, all, no, not 100 years, but like for the last 50 to 60 years, when straight people open the TV, they can see romantic stuff between them without any drama. So it's nice sometimes to, uh, as a gay man to just open the TV or Crunchyroll and just watch something that is, yes, a bit dramatic, but the drama is not because the two men are gay. It's because they are figure skater and blah, blah, blah. The, the, the drama is not caused by them being homosexual. The drama is caused by them being figure skater and it is a competitive world yes. it could have been like two baseball players i don't know is baseball player competitive i don't know i, I don't know baseball but let's yeah, say it could choose be any two, other sport yes it could be two hockey players so it's jj plus somebody else oh my that's god that's a nice spin-off 
Gen- they, they could keep the Russians because Russians are pretty good at hockey too. That's true. That's true. And can you imagine Yurio as a hockey player? That would be disgusting. I no, nah, I don't. Oh this this reminds me. Okay, small tangent. It's I think you sent me that. It's the uh, it was it, it was it kind of a cross dress event on Craigslist that said like, oh, everybody's allowed, no Yuri allowed, because they, <laughs> because they, they, they didn't want underage people, which was okay. You could, and I think they didn't want to make it kind of a a bit in the gray zone because like you're an adult but being like dressed as a underage person and maybe something weird could happen during that night it wasn't clear come on it's a craigslist ad so anything can happen but it made me laugh when i've seen it's like you know it's you sent me that so if you don't remember then i just saw it on twitter i think it was a cosplay event not a cross-dressing event Okay, and I'm sorry for my mistake, but still, the fact that it was like in bold letters, no Yu-Gi-Oh allowed, <laughs> made me laugh so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you do that? He's the best one. Anyway. But yeah, and I think still on that, uh, something I came across after watching the anime the first time is the gay washing that happened, at least for me, in the subtitles from what i've read because you know what i can't understand japanese so right. when i Actually, read english words it happens like the way it is written yeah i paid attention to it this time because i sort of knew about it uh before rewatching. so maybe you should explain it first and then i'll talk about what i sort of noticed We'll post a link from uh, anime feminist that it is a great article explaining what happened and i've experienced something before reading that, while I was listening the first time, on episode 3, when uh, Victor is being, is being pretty uh, forward about his question about uh, Yuri's love affair, unlove past, sorry, where he's asking, like, straight up question, I think he said something like, oh, did you have a girlfriend in the past? How was she? How many did you have? And blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, come on. I already can see that there is going to be something between those two guys <laughs> and I ate that Victor was saying like not implying that Yuri was gay something like that but just like being more careful like oh did you have a partner in the past and personally you know what I'm sure I did some mistakes like that I can enumerate some of that I did where I assume the, the orientation of another person and I excuse myself after that when it happened when I realized it but it is like I've watched so on so much anime when it happened. It's like oh, they are doing the girl- girlfriend talk again just to feel <laughs> that oh yes, they are not straight. <laughs> we didn't have any girlfriend in the past. <laughs> and then I read this article where uh, the author was saying no, 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 this is not what happened. The in the uh, Japanese audio track, the word were carefully chosen to say partner. It is when they were translated and sub and also dub so it seems it seems that i haven't watched the dub yet but it seems the dub made by funimation is also uh having this problem where no, it's the opposite funimation's dub is okay oh really okay yes sorry about that then i think she was referring that the dub was also problematic so or just my memory that is playing up but at least what i watch which is the sub version is mentioning girlfriend everywhere when in some occasion maybe it should mention girlfriend but in most occasion that is was meaningful it should have say a more uh, uh more open 
open-ended word like a partner or I don't know what you use in English. I only have French example right now, but you get my idea. It's like, you say, like, did you have any partners in the past? Something more like, you know, I might don't want you to answer, oh, I had a girlfriend. I would like maybe more, I would like maybe that you answer, oh, I had boyfriends in the past. That would really, really make me happy. <laughs> so, so I guess yeah. I should talk about what I noticed during the episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, Following that, Yannick and I discussed, and obviously when you listened to it at first, I think you realized that it was the right words used. Or you didn't, like... Well, originally, since I'm watching entirely in Japanese, like, I was not aware of this issue until it blew up on Twitter. <laughs> okay, that's true. So I, I think, like, the perception I got was different from a lot of other people about how this turned out. What I did notice rewatching it is I think in episode two, like, the very first time when they're both eating inside and he asks if he has a partner in japanese he actually asks do you have a girlfriend like in that case it is explicit when they're by the beach and he asks about it he uses partner so it changed between one episode to the other but i think what fun well uh, technically funimation is responsible for the sub and the dub uh what funimation did in the sub is they basically just rounded up to girlfriend the whole time Assuming that the first usage when he asked, do you have a girlfriend, is basically, oh, well, we can just assume anytime he asks about a partner, he means a girlfriend, because clearly he does not seem to be aware that Yuri is gay. Or, well, he might not even have known at that point that he was gay. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so not that, stated. The, the first time is when they are next to the castle, something like that, right? Yeah, Yuri is training, and then they, they talk about... If Victor is asking them, asking about those questions. I, I think that, like, the the time I remember where he explicitly asks, like, do you have a girlfriend? They are both eating inside uh, Yuri's home. They're, oh. like, both eating katsudon in front of each other. Yeah, because I think I think it happened for, in the first episode, it happened with uh, Yuko's friend, uh, Yuko's kids. Like, uh, I think it's Lube oh. that says, yes, I think it's Lube that says, don't you had a girlfriend in the past? Or something like that. So, like, yeah. Uh, She's asking a negative question, saying oh, like, "That I'm I don't sure, remember." I'm sure, yeah. But obviously, I took notes on the rewatch, knowing all of this, so I had kind of a close eye looking at those. And the you see that in the first four episodes, it happens in each episode. Somebody mentioned girlfriend talking to Yuri in each episode. Okay, but I, th- the, I I think like if you actually look at those episodes, I think episode three, episode four, they are referring to partner explicitly. And in the first year, I think when the kids are asking, they're asking about girlfriend. And I think when uh, Victor asks the first time, he asks explicitly girlfriend. Haha, uh-huh, because he gets that the way Yuri reacts is. So it, it is was made clear by the author that he needed to ask girlfriend first and then realize, oh, okay, um, it's what I want to hear. But, but in the sub, it's just girlfriend the whole time, which oh, yes. is an issue. And I should point out, like, Funimation is sort of known for doing this kind of thing. Like, it's a repeated pattern. They're doing it right now with May Dragon, which is a lesbian-ish show, uh, which is being aired uh, this season. And they have been sort of removing things that imply that <laughs> that the two could be lesbians, uh, could be involved in a lesbian relationship together, which I don't like because, like, if you know the manga, it is super gay. Uh, so <laughs> it would sort of be a problem. 
uh, to sort of strip those elements. And then, like, on the final episode, they make out and, like, the entire sub was bad the whole time. <laughs> and then they, they sort of realize, like, shit, our sub is wrong at the end and it doesn't work. Uh, I don't know. Um, there's still time but, to tell. But, like, yeah, they have a pattern. And I think that also another thing to note about Funimation, which makes me a little bit sad inside, is that they are involved with Republican politicians behind the scenes for financing, which... Uh, yes. Really? Yes. Uh. Which Ugh. sort of breaks my heart, and it sort of makes me wonder, like, why do Republicans who hate stuff get involved with anime at all? Because anime is not really the most Catholic of things, <laughs> or I guess uh, they're they're not necessarily sticking to family values all the time. I'm just gonna say that. Um, oh, they're, they're sticking to the one true family value, which is money. Oh, sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Let's so. not go, let's not go politics, but yeah, uh, and I think, like you said, uh, one of my favorite anime through my whole life, Cardcaptor Sakura, is a good example of that. I think here in Canada we got lucky when we got the dub version because we got the whole seventy episodes, uh, compared to the U.S., where I think they reduced the season for TV reasons, plus removed the kind of homoerotic the homo relationship between uh sakura and tomoyo which is obviously one way if you watch there, sakura there is a for bunch one. of fucked up shit in that show that we've realized now as adults that it was kind of fucked up at the time um yes but yes that's true <laughs> but like that was one of those things yes that was let's just put it this way for somebody that was watching that at like 10 years old something like that it was the most obvious one let's put it this way yes and Especially according to what I've read uh, throughout my teenage years about Sakura is that in the US, it, those episodes, some of those episodes were removed and some of that um, lesbian relationship between, uh, like that uh, Tomoyo is uh, having feelings for Sakura, that has been downplayed quite a lot in the US version only. It's, so I'm pretty proud that Canada was able to say, no, we'll keep it. So, <laughs> thanks, JJ. Yes, <laughs> it goes back to JJ. JJ is there is always here to say. JJ is the head of the CRTC now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, that's nice. So we'll have uh, figure skating on the TV all the time, and then is a music band. Well, maybe I should get a TV then. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want uh, to maybe conclude the, that part? Or do you have anything to add to conclude? Do I really have a thing to conclude? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I, like it was a good portrayal of an LGBT relationship, and I would like to see more of it in future anime series. <laughs> I, I think I will err on the same side. It's not perfect, but I uh, like what I've saw. And obviously, if the author are able to fix some of the smaller issues uh, that we did mention, but I think some of them are not fixable because... I think it's good that they stay a bit more on the utopian side. They don't need to be like full on utopian, like everybody is, uh, uh, everybody is gay, like utopian things. That's too crazy. But just the fact that, <laughs> although that would be hilarious, because you basically see none of that shit in anime, and it would be really good. <laughs> okay, maybe not in Yuri, but the fact that yes, like we know that they are character from countries with poor, really poor. And even like crazy shit, poor, like LGBT rights. Yeah, like they, they even bad. like say like we're gonna get married if I win the gold medal. And like you seem to be forgetting that you can't get married in Japan right now if you're gay. Yeah, uh, and and the other fact was like 
I think it's when Victor come goes back to Russia on the Russia Cup, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Victor, Victor, Victor!" And then it's like an episode ago, he kissed his boyfriend on live TV, and he did not hate that. Yeah, that's true. So uh, like that, it makes me laugh. But it's it's, funny. it's not in the real world, so they can sort of no. permit themselves to dodge those bullets. Yes, exactly. And it's like they are building a world they want to see. So they want to see a Japan that accepts LGBT. They want to see Russia accept LGBT in the future. It might take fucking long time, but at least it's good for us to give us strength and just say like, hey, there's media for it. And I like that. Yep. Uh, do you have any remaining notes? Because I think we could do like a grab bag of fun facts and notes. Or I do like have exactly miscellaneous thoughts. Okay. Well, I, I only have one, so I'll go first. Um So there is a French narrator <laughs> at the end of the show in the Grand Prix final. Fun fact, that guy is actually the skater that Christophe uh, is based on. Oh, he's based from that guy. Yes. Huh. Okay. Rega still regarding... Uh, the French real narrator? <laughs> no, a real figure skater. It has its uh, coat. Uh, it, it has some uh, following from real figure skater, and I'll uh, put yes. a couple of links uh, in the show notes. Some of them I'll try to note them because some of them uh, contain spoiler. Uh, one of them is a summary of the last episode, and at the end <laughs> it's like a couple of tweets from I think I forgot her name. Uh, I'll have to open the link. Evenya something. Yes, yes. She became and very famous in Japan because she was like the number one Yuri on Ice fangirl. And she's a Russian figure skater, yes. which made me laugh. And the other one is also uh, Johnny Weir. Yes. He was also a big fan. And you know what? Uh, something I want to add in the show notes too. He made a video with Crunchyroll. They yep. interviewed him uh, regarding his thoughts and opinions about Yuri on Ice. So I'll uh, put that because it's super nice. And also, I think if it finds it's pretty flattering that people are comparing it to Victor. I also need to find uh, somewhere there was an American figure skater whose initials were JJ and he did a JJ style on national television. Oh my God. <laughs> really? During a figure skating competition. Uh, <laughs> so that was also good. But yeah, Yuri on Ice like really took off with the figure skaters and a lot of people that you never see tweeting about anime were suddenly tweeting about anime and everybody got a big laugh because like this like I said, like nobody really expected this show was going to be the hugest thing of, well, it, to be honest, it's like one of the two big things of 2016, but nobody really expected it to be the big show of fall 2016. And it so, sort of took everyone by surprise and even broke out of the usual anime audience and reached normal people, which I think is something very nice. Yeah. Uh, maybe if we go uh, quickly on the bag or miscellaneous stuff, uh, we talk a bit about the food and obviously I really want to try this uh, pork cutlet ball. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yes, but I think I've already tried it. it like the, 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 port, the pork part of it looks like tonkatsu to me, but yeah. oh well. So if it's really tonkatsu, it, I love tonkatsu. It's that so. and egg and rice. Okay, so I'll just love it. Yes. So I need to make some or buy some, whatever. The last miscellaneous, it, it's a small section and it's about fake slash copied real life stuff. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, first point, the iPhones to me look amazingly real. <laughs> like, I just ordered uh, from Crunchyroll again. They were doing some Yuri on Ice promo uh, stuff. And I just uh, bought and realized after rewatching the episode that the case 
the iPhone case I just bought is the same case that Yuri has. So it's a kind of a blue sky with the, the poodle, small like poodle heads on it. So it's uh, super cute, and I'm uh, eagerly awaiting for it to come from Hong Kong. Uh, but yeah, the other thing I really, really love throughout the episode, and especially in the ending, is the fake Instagram. Oh yeah, well, f- fake Instagram is great, but like the fake iPhone UI in general is sort of amazing. I don't know when they started working on this, but they're using Apple Music, and like Apple Music is not that that old, you know. Uh, and usually, like sometimes you would watch anime, and they would still be using like iOS six. Uh, and it's sort of amazing to me, like how quickly they were able to recreate, uh, like recent app redesigns. Like the Instagram got a redesign recently as well, where they went to the black and white, uh, UI. And like that's the one they use in the show. So they're like very, they've been updating their apps. Oh, yeah, totally. And they've updating those designs. And it looks like you, I'm, sh- you know what? Somebody shouldn't do, and or maybe the, uh, the uh, owner of the series should do is like as a promotion they should really create those accounts and i would just like follow them instantly mm. and i'm sure i will not be the only one well actually on that point um i should mention that we said earlier that this takes place in saga prefecture saga prefecture right now is seeing a boom in tourism uh they're sort of getting a boom in tourism because like three things happened at the same time so Splatoon happened, and for some reason, Splatoon decided to do a collaboration with Saga Prefecture. So there's a Splatoon campaign in Saga Prefecture for tourists. Uh, Oh, really nice. Yeah, there is the video game series Saga, which released a new game in it, which, of course, uses Saga Prefecture for promotional events. So that's happening as well, because a new Saga game came out in uh, December. And Yuri on Ice happened... And now you can basically like go on a tour of all of the different locations that were used as inspiration for Hasetsu in the show. Uh, you can go take photos of everything. And in fact, the Saga Tourism Board has put together three day plans you can use to go uh, to optimize your visits throughout the area. So you can know exactly like where to go around what time and travel times and everything are included. They did a really great job. You can go take your photo, t- uh, get your photo taken next to Yuri and Victor uh, on the where they wait for their uh, figure skating results. Um, oh, yeah. You've, you sent me a couple of tweets where people were taking funny pictures next to them. Yeah. So all of that tourism stuff like kicked off in the last week or two. Um, so like they are seeing huge uptake on that. I think it's really nice. Uh, one of my friends used to teach English in uh, Saga Prefecture, and he says, as a tourist, it's a beautiful place to be, but as someone who lives there, it's terribly boring because they have nothing. Uh, <laughs> only the biggest city in Saga has basically like one of every chain thing that exists, and then there are no chain stores or restaurants like anywhere else, uh, which is kind of boring if you're a foreigner who is living in the middle of Saga Prefecture with nothing else to do for a couple of years. Um, it's funny. I it will be a totally like geographical noob question, but where is that a prefecture located exactly in Japan? It's in the south of Japan. It's uh like in the south there's Fukuoka, and it's basically to the east of Fukuoka. I think it's like okay. northeast. Hmm. Okay, so it's pretty south of Japan. Yes. Okay. Which is not a place you would imagine there would be big figure skating because it's like warmer than the rest of Japan and like there are nice beaches and stuff. But yeah, yeah. there you go. But it, to be honest though, everything you mentioned about the tour, the tourism there, like of course if I had to go in Japan now, I would like to go there. Mm. Of, knowing that there are spe- like the special events 
especially for people that love Yuri. I understand. And those events, those tourist attractions are made for people like us. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but if I were to plan, like, if I, if I, let's, let's put it this way. If six months ago I planned a trip to Japan now, and then between those times I would do, I would start to watch Yuri and then realize that I love this anime a lot, I would make travel changes to make sure that I could at least uh, spend a day or two there to see some of the data collections. Yep. Okay, next on my li- list of fake things, it's relating to brands. <laughs> Two big brands that were faked. The first one is Sedex, and the other uh, one Sedex. is the... Yes, the Sedex. It's uh, obviously, uh, they are a shipping box, yep. obviously. So, uh, and this one also has the arrow, so it's okay. They have the arrow. <laughs> and the other one is our uh, is our like reverse triangle Canadian tire sponsorship. Yes. Uh, th- those seriously made me laugh. I-, I know anime are amazing at like making fake version of real brands. And I think in the past few years, that's the only screenshot I've seen of anime is just you m- laughing so off at maybe like, oh, here's all bad this iPhone looks or here's what they're trying to do uh, on the rhyme. Uh, the, uh, no, it's like what they're trying to do to say like, oh, it's an apple, but it's not really an apple. So let's use a new another fruit. Yeah, uh, the, one of my friends is working actually on a pornographic manga and she has a MacBook on the cover, but she can't put an Apple logo. So she has a bite out of a cherry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I, I think one of the funniest one I've seen is in the GTA. They call it the iFruit. Yeah. And it, I think it's kind of a it's kind of a fruit bowl, the logo. It's like it's an orange and a banana and an apple. It's like uh, maybe not an apple. I, so, I sort of get uh, I sort of get a laugh every time I see a pineapple with a bite taken out of it because that's the ponage <laughs> tool logo. Oh, and yes. people don't really realize it and I'm like, "Wow, this is un I, like people are unaware that they are sort of making a jailbreaking joke." And <laughs> And that was it from my list of miscellaneous stuff about Yuri. I think it's time to talk about our final thoughts and maybe the future of the series. Cool. So, uh it's a great show. I'm very happy that I've watched it. I watched it a second time and it was still good. So, it stands the test of of a couple of months. <laughs> That's true. It <laughs> does stand the test of a couple of months. Um yeah. And you know what? I, I think what to put, uh, if I were to talk about the future of it, I seriously hope that uh, there will be a second season. Obviously, the end, fast, the last five minutes strongly ends at a second season. Well, Obviously, they, they say I see you next level, and you don't do a tease like that in yes. Japan unless you mean it. Oh, I'm sure people will just die, literally die, if it's really a tease and not like really they are working on a second season like traditionally the way you do the reveal like this is you wait until they re-air the anime a second time usually on a different network or something and during the re-air you patch it into the last episode where you have a teaser frame like that but that usually happens for things that are not like explosive hits but now you have something that is an explosive hit that I think they want to collect uh, collect bank on this as quickly as possible. And they basically like patched in at the last minute, like, no, actually, we're going to do a second season of this at the last minute. I don't see how they could not do a second season. And I would be very excited to watch the second season if it happens. However, it will probably be in two to three years. Oh, yes. that's That was my follow-up question about that. What's the typical like interval between series in japan so the work on yuri on ice actually started like 
they got the okay on the series while the Sochi Olympics were happening in 2014. Oh shit! Okay. So yeah, two years. Wow. Okay. So if if they waited for it to be a phenomenon to get the other okay, it would mean that they got another okay like in the last few months, not even months, like in no, the no, last no, no, few no. weeks. If that teaser frame is in the last episode, you know that they have the okay already. They would not put the thing there if it was not guaranteed. Oh yeah, fair, but they could have received the okay this like the day before uh, like airing this <laughs> Usually episode. that's not how it works. There's like a lead time, but like let's say I the know. week before, okay? Yes. So it would it was like the week like two weeks before Christmas. So add two years to that. Which would mean like Late Gen- 2018. So probably spring season 2019. Oh. Hmm. Actually, I, it's technically winter season 2019, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like January. January to March, yeah. Hmm. Okay, now I'm sad. I'm super sad. But Anime okay. takes some time to do, man. Like, I know. I, I, I don't know, know. You don't really keep up with the industry, but like the industry is already overworked as it is. <laughs> like, no, it, fair. And you know what? If it takes two, two or three years to get as good as anime, I don't fucking care. And yeah. let's be honest, that's why I want to happen, right? Yep. If they are working on a second season and it seems that they are hitting at it, I want them to take their time to give us something even better than the first season. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And I think that's it. Wow. Yannick, that was our first episode about animes, and I think it will be one of our good ones. <laughs> I hope so. I, it's the only one. <laughs> yes, that's why, I'm, that's why I'm saying that. So I hope that if you made to this point of the episode, either you really don't plan to watch it or you don't care that of being spoiled. And hopefully if you did not watch it, I hope this whole episode will give you Enough reason to just watch it, even if it included spoilers, because you decided to keep listening. Yeah, like, I know I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite, because whenever, like, on The Incomparable or whatever, they say, don't listen to this episode, because, uh, because you'll be spoiled for it. I listen to it anyway, because I'm an asshole. Uh, so I, I know what it's like. Uh, but usually, like, if it's, it still sounds interesting, I will still check it out, because there are things that cannot be conveyed by us in this episode that are really worth seeing. And I hope we have convinced you to, if you haven't. But if you've watched the show already, then thank you very much for listening to this hour and 45-minute show. <laughs> yeah, and if it takes... if uh, Seriously, we take like a nearly two hours podcast about a series that takes six hours to listen, I think I'll be proud of us. Yep. And Good. who knows, maybe we could do another anime episode later in the year where I choose the show this time. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you mean that you choose the show? You were super happy that we would do this episode. On oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no! I know that. Except, like, no, I- no, that's that's okay. <laughs> I understand. You're not happy about my choice. That's okay. You're super, like, you're super resentful about the fact that I choose you. That's okay. No need to justify no, no. it. I'm just saying, if you look at the usual shows I watch, this one is not necessarily representative of what I usually watch. And that if there was someone not... was listening to this episode to think, hmm, what anime does Yannick watch that is representative of what he usually watches? This would definitely not be representative of what I usually watch, but it's still a fantastic show. I, I think it is the moment where we insert, insert the audio track of Matthew saying, Sake, 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 all the time. Well, Mahjong anime is fucking great, man. And you're going to love it when you have to watch 24 episodes of Sake <laughs> without you. knowing how Mahjong is played. Oh, I knew that if I mention it, you would want me to watch it. 
Honestly, I hadn't even thought of that, but now that I have the idea, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> we'll see. It's twice as long as Siri, and uh, there are 25 And you don't episode. know how to play Mahjong, which is the best part. But it's still, I don't know how figure skating works, and I kind of understood it, so... Yeah, but the difference is that Saki is only about Mahjong. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I, I I think I've uh, put myself into a cor- corner that I cannot exit. And on that note, uh, if you like this show and would like to hear more about uh, any other topics and maybe animes in the future, uh, you can find our podcast on LimitlessPossibility.net. And this episode is episode 59. And we mentioned a lot of show notes during the episode, so there will be full. So if you want to take a look at all of the links for this episode it will be at limitlesspossibility.net slash 59 also if you want to follow the show on twitter you can find it at at limipo underscore podcast that's l-i-m-i-p-o underscore podcast and if if you want to find myself on twitter which i won't uh send any screenshots of uh, yuri on ice because i rewatch it you can find myself on uh, at Lucanoche, that's L-U-C-C-O-N-O-U-C-H-E. And also, if you want to see all of the screenshots Yannick <laughs> took in the past few days, you can find him on Twitter at... Sakurina, S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And we'll see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Tu, tu, tu. Hey, tu vois, je t'arrête de faire un beau, un beau, euh, un beau petit morceau pour la fin, en plus. <rire>